This week's podcast brought to you by Neltzies and Funsies. <laughs> Go on. I got a text from a friend of ours who is a girls high school basketball coach. He's a male. And he sent me a text and it just said that he and his assistant, his assistant coach, who is a female, went to some event where you had to dress up in costume and they decided to go as you and me. And then he sent me the picture. And in the picture, he was wearing the New York Liberty jersey and a braided wig. And she was wearing the bald cap and the golf shirt. I don't wear golf shirts. <laughs> or bald caps. <laughs> I do wear braids and Liberty jerseys. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane I was driving our oldest daughter to a basketball game that was about 45 minutes away and she wanted to play a playlist um, that she had made on one of the music apps. And so I let her because I don't really care what I'm listening to. But it got me to thinking when I was a kid... When we and ever whenever we were in the car with my my whenever I was in the car with my dad, but especially when we were all together in the car, he chose what we listened to, and it was almost always AM 1080 out of Hartford, and we would listen to Red Sox games because if we were driving somewhere, generally it was in the spring or the summer, and I just have these distinct memories of sitting in the car where you could barely hear the announcers through the crackle of the of the radio and my dad turning the you know the knob on the radio trying to get it a little less crackly and it never made it any better but instead of turning to FM or turning to a station we could actually hear he would just be adjusting the knob ever so slightly so it would be a little less crackly and how I never would have considered asking them to play some of my music and our kids when they get in the car just kind of take over the radio I'm going to leave your dad adjusting the knob that's a little less crackly <laughs> on the table and say, respond with, you had a radio? Because my dad, my dad, until you could no longer buy a car that didn't come with only an AM radio, he bought cars that only had AM radio until... He chose only... to buy cars that only had AM radio? There was no need for FM because like your dad who listened to 1080 WTIC, my dad listened to... 830 WCCO exclusively, the, the news talk radio station, the, the good neighbor to the Northwest, the giant 50,000 watt station in, in the Twin Cities. And the notion that we might say, turn it to KDWB or WLOL and listen to top 40 music was laughable. There was no way that was going to happen. Well, then that would explain why, because when I was driving our oldest daughter a different time, we were just listening to the radio, she reached over and changed the channel and she said, when I try to change the t channel in Daddy's car, he slaps my hand away. Do you actually slap her hand away? I when, do. When she tries to change of the course. channel? Well, what do you mean, of course? You just say, 
don't change the channel. You don't have to slap her hand away. Well, it depends what's on, first of all. But fortunately, she likes to listen to the same stuff that I do. Yeah, she does. 70s on 7. Yeah. It was very sweet, though, because her, the first song on the, the playlist that she made to get her pumped for the basketball game was um, one of the songs from High School Musical where they're dribbling the basketballs. And it just warmed my heart in some ways that instead of listening to a lot of other things that she could have put on her hype tape. It was the song from High School Musical. And then, and get then, your head in the game. And Gotta then, get your get your get your head in the game, or however it goes. And then during the game, she broke into a musical number, right? A dance number. <laughs> you know, I don't know why all of a sudden this comes to mind, but when she was in, what grade did she get glasses in? Was it fourth grade? I think, I think she got glasses in fourth grade. and Two I just, grades after she needed them. Right. But we were, we were playing basketball. She was playing on the team. We went to the eye doctor and found out she needed glasses. And, and there was a part of my heart that said, this is going to, this explains everything. This is why she misses layups. This is why she doesn't get rebounds. The glasses are going to be magic. And so not only did we invest in a pair of regular glasses, we invested in a pair of sports goggles. And, and I, I think I even told Mike, who coaches with me that day, like, it felt like everything, all the problems were going to be solved with our daughter's game. And within the first minute of the game, a rebound came off the rim, went through her hands, bonked her on the nose, bonked her right in the glasses, and she had to come out of the game crying because her hand-eye coordination wasn't to the point where she could catch the ball. So there went my theory that the glasses were going to solve her missing layup and rebound woes. If you wear glasses playing basketball, you can be one of two players, Kareem or Rambus. One of two players on the same team, actually. They're very different playing styles. I like seeing a lot of kids now, especially younger, because they, when they're too young to wear contact lenses, wear the sports goggles. And it's not like the Rambus with the black little strap that goes behind. Like, they're they're much sportier looking, and a lot of kids wear them. I like the look. There was nothing wrong with Rex Specs, man. That was a good look. John Jefferson, the wide receiver with the San Diego Chargers, wore them, rocked them. They were cool. You know, when we're talking about driving music, first of all, I hope that somebody's in the car right now making their kid listen to this podcast. Oh, that poor kid. And and, and if they listen to one of the earlier ones, it will be crackling and you'll be trying to turn your dial right. to make you'll the sound a little knob. bit better. But the, uh, the beauty is they can listen to stuff on their own on earbuds or whatever that we didn't have that option when I was a kid. Right. But our daughter, when I say we have the same musical taste, when we were driving at night, we like to listen to jazz or seriously Sinatra or some other you know that type of music and we call it night driving music and I, I think some jazz musician maybe if I become an accomplished jazz pianist I will uh, I'll put on an album called night driving because that's the music we listen to while we're driving at night and, and that, it's also your worst time of driving you're, you're the person when, when we're driving at night you complain that every other person on the road has their brights on when that's not the case. It's just that your your eyes are not as good as they used to be, so the light bothers you more. But you, you in your heart, believe that every car we pass at night has their brights on, and I'm just telling you that they don't. Sadly, my eyes are as good as they used to be. They were never any good is the right, problem. Right. And, and I'm a 150-year-old man when it comes to driving at night. But you will acknowledge that around here it's all two-lane roads with no, no street, street lamps lights. and trucks and an extraordinarily high number of cars with only one headlight i think you'll yes, acknowledge that it may be the you call them Pediddles, isn't yeah, that doesn't no, everybody call no, them Pediddles? We didn't, no 
In fact, what do you call them? In, you have all sorts of you have all sorts of words up. for things no, that, that you thought were that you thought everybody had the, this word for that. I, I hope everyone knows what a padiddle is. I used that on air last week when I was calling the Kentucky South Carolina game, and Beth Mowens and Coach Landers seemed to understand what I was referring why, to. Do you know why we didn't have that word? That's fine. Do you know why we didn't have that word? Because people had two headlights. If you had <laughs> they one headlight, you were a motorcycle. I remember playing that game with my mom. But before we get to words that that we think are universal and aren't. I want to rewind a second because you talked about, you know, our kids can now plug into their own headphones. And, and you know, when we were kids, everybody had, or not everybody, but if you had something, it was a Walkman. And if you were cool, you had the bright yellow Sony Walkman that was like splash proof if you got for a, a little while, water on it. Do you remember it? for a while, everything was bright yellow and it was a yeah. sport edition. Including from... the FJ, that car, the FJ, or the right. Toyota FJ, whatever it was, that was yellow. But I had one of those Walkman and, I, and one summer... This is back when AAU tournaments were different, when you actually played in a national tournament. And one summer I was driving with my mother and my grandmother and my grandmother's friend were in the minivan. And I, and I think we were going to West Virginia. We were going somewhere. We were in a car for a long time. I think you were going to Baton Rouge, weren't you? It might have been Baton Rouge. That is a and long haul. That's a long England. haul. And my grandmother's friend just read every street sign out loud. She would say, you know... Welcome, New, welcome to New Jersey. Welcome to New Jersey, it says. And, uh, and she would read every street sign followed by, blah, 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 it says. And it got maddening. And so at Delaware, some point... Delaware, tax-free shopping, it says. <laughs> it says. And I put my, my, my Walkman, you know, I put my headphones on because earbuds, of course, didn't exist. I put my headphones on. And my mom later that night, you know, hours later said to me, I cannot believe you did that to me. I can't believe you put your Walkman on and left me alone to, to just listen to that instead of trying to have a conversation with me. So, um, And you weren't even listening to music. You just had the headphones on. <laughs> yeah, I did what I do on airplanes now sometimes when I put the earbuds in, but uh, I'm not actually listening to something. But to get back to, you know, words, you know, you say that you had never heard of padiddle. You don't use that. Well, when I was a little girl... I had a blanket, like when I was a really little kid, I had a blanket that I that I slept with and like a comfort blanket, you know, and the kind like Linus's blanket. And my mom called it a Nelsie. And so when our youngest daughter uh, was little, she had something similar and I called it a Nelsie. And I just thought that that was like, if I had opened up the dictionary, that the word Nelsie would have been in there with the definition of, you know, a blanket that a, a young child holds. I didn't even as an adult realize that that was a made-up word that I'm guessing my mom heard from her mom or, or who who knows what. And another one that my mom used, and I did realize that this was only in our house when I was a kid, but instead of saying passing gas or farting, my mom would, would call it a funsy. Like she'd say to one of the kids, if all was in the car stunk, did you funsy? <laughs> and as a kid, I thought like everyone used that word. And I remember using it at some point in school. I was probably in elementary school and, and a couple of kids looking at me saying, like, what the heck are you talking about? So did you have any of those words when you were a kid that you used that you found out later were just words that were used in your house? All I'm thinking was, was a Dutch oven, a Funsi, and an Elsie? <laughs> yes, it probably was a Funsi and an Elsie. But did you uh, did you have any of those words that, that in the Russian house that were... You know, not common to outside of the Russian house. I can't think of any off the top of my head. We were the people uh, silently correcting other people's grammar, <laughs> and so if we weren't using the proper word for something, it wasn't going to be. 
Well, well, I hope some people who are listening will send us a tweet at Ball and Chain Pod if there was any any words or phrases that you used in your house and you found out later that they weren't universal, let us know what they are because if my mom was still alive, I would ask her where those words came from in our house, but she isn't. And my dad, because he's a male, would have no idea where, where those came from. Well, your dad made up half of these things. I mean, he, he loved the ridiculous, still does, the ridiculous Dickensian words for it. I mean, you had a guinea pig named Pennywig and all kinds of silly. Yeah. And, and he also just loved like really bad puns. When we were kids, you know, we would bring our lunches to school in brown bags. I think everybody did that. Nobody had a lunchbox. And my dad would write notes, but they were usually just jokes and, and really bad jokes. And he'd draw a picture and write the joke and put it in the kid's lunchbox. I remember as a kid sometimes being a little embarrassed by it and then finding out when we were adults like that the other kids were jealous of us because we got these little notes in our lunchbox. We should do that for our kids. We don't. We, we did that when they were really little. We don't do that anymore. We yeah. should uh, Let's embarrass them by putting notes in their lunches. Yeah, if I remember they were horrified. Our kids? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the point of being a parent. Let's let's horrify them some more, because deep down well, they'll uh, at some point I think they'll like it. Let's horrify them by just putting a note in lunch and no lunch, because <laughs> frankly, when I'm staring into the abyss of four empty lunch boxes the night before now, the next morning, and you're out of town, it's uh, okay. That's fair. Although our, our division of labor when it comes to that is, you make the sandwiches, and I do the rest. I. You know, if there's fruit that's going to go in there, I'll cut up the fruit and the snack and whatever. So, um, you know, it's a fair division of labor. It's not too awful when we're both home to make the lunches. I'm just thinking of that now because this is, people don't know, this is a very special edition of, of Ball and Chain. Do you remember when there were very special sitcom editions of sitcoms? Yes. A oh, very special was, Punky Burster. Punky which, is offered right. marijuana or something like that. I'm, I'm making that I, up. But I think it, was, it might have been like a... An abuse kind of a thing, but yeah, it was an after it was an after school special. Also, like was, you know, it meant your parents should watch it with you because we're going to handle a delicate topic. We're not going to ha- handle a delicate topic tonight, but but it is tonight. That's why it's a very special episode. You're going to be traveling. We usually do these things on Tuesday afternoon. It's not even so much that I'm traveling. I'm going to be local. I'm just going to be busy. I've got today's Saturday, so tomorrow we have Championship Sunday, which means I'll be for twelve hours in Bristol and then I'm calling the American semis and championship game down at the Mohegan Sun so literally won't be home at all on Monday or Tuesday so this is a special weekend evening edition of the Ball and Chain podcast it's Ball and Chain after dark (laughs) and I think this is where Denny should find some free stock night driving music to kind of put it in in the Ball and Chain after dark vibe You've got to get somebody to write you something that's very simple and playable, and then you can put it down, put a track down on the piano. Well, in fact, I think somebody suggested on Twitter this week that uh, I compose a theme for Uber Confessions. It was Sox fan. He wants you to record a piano ditty for the Uber Confessions, but that would have a very different sound, I think. That could be a night driving sound also, because you're in an Uber. It's kind of a confessional. That's true. And and speaking of uh, being in an Uber and uh, confessional, somebody else tweeted or emailed that they think that the reason your Uber drivers are confessing to you is because when you're in a confined space and something about the air pressure, so it's on airplanes. I don't know that you're in a pressurized cabin in your, in your Uber. And, Only and, if I'm funsying. Yes, and, and she mentioned elevators as well. I don't know about 
anybody being confessional in an elevator to me, but but it did get me thinking because you you're, you're watching as we speak muted women's basketball right. uh, conference tournaments, and and they've been on all day, all day, including from the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, which instantly took us back to so our- regional years ago where UConn ultimately beat Rutgers to go to the Final Four. And we were all down there as a family. I think we only had, did we have two children at the time? We had two children at the time, yep. The older of whom had broken her leg and after about six weeks was cleared to walk. Well, for, no, she was in a walking cast, which she was clear, she was okay to walk in the walking cast and refused to. For another six weeks, she, she would, refused to well, walk. Well, she refused to walk while the cast was on. And then once it came off, also refused to walk. So, except she would walk on her knees. So she would get from place to place. We, we carried her like an extra piece of luggage through airport after airport after but airport. But if we were home yeah. and she like she could, she would walk on her knees. It was a weird mental block. But and, in and, this... and we remember this hotel because in Greensboro, it, she was tentatively walked down yes. the hall and then began sprinting up and down the hall, testing out the leg, and the yes. leg was totally fine. And then the next day, he was talking about. Why are my legs so sore? Well, you haven't used them for three months. Right. That's why. <laughs> but I remember that hotel specifically because we came back one night. I think we had a sitter one night at the hotel. And you and I went out to dinner with some other people, maybe from ESPN. And we came back late night to the hotel or, or l- late night for us anyway. Which was like probably 11 Probably. And we got on the elevator and a drunk Asked us to hold the elevator, and we did. Well, I don't know if he was a drunk. He was. He was drunk. He, he was drunk. That he doesn't mean he true. was a drunk. <laughs> I take that back. He was drunk. Yes. He also happened to be a drunk, <laughs> and I think I think the story will prove the point. But it made me think of elevators. He got on the elevator with, I believe, a case of beer to take up to the room. I mean, it was about to be a three-story hotel, and when he got in the elevator, he repeatedly pressed the lobby floor. That we were on. Right. The L. And became frustrated when... It didn't go anywhere. Didn't go anywhere. Well... It eventually, the doors eventually closed. The doors opened again. And he got off where he had just gotten on and walked down the hall to what I assume was his room. Well, would you... Did Having you con- thought he had just traveled a great distance Did you vertically. consider getting off the elevator when he got on, like this really drunk person? Because I, I would have. I... I don't love elevators. I'm fine in, in in elevators, except if they're really, really full, and then I get I get feeling a little claustrophobic. So if I'm on a not too high of a floor, I'm, I'm happy to, to go down the stairs. But it, I've been on an elevator before, and it stopped at a floor, and a bunch of people have gotten on. And if I start feeling claustrophobic, I'll get off and wait for another elevator or get off and, and use the stairs. And it's been a frustration point for you sometimes because we've stayed at hotels where they have these little tiny elevators and I'll, you'll go up the elevator and I'll take the stairs just because I don't, I don't like that feeling. And it's not one that I had until I was an adult and I'm not exactly sure where it comes from. My only issue with hotel elevators is when you get on in a crowd of people all wearing lanyards from the same convention. Right. Get on and they're all talking about, you know, the latest in ball bearings and where the ball bearing convention is going to be next year and it doesn't bother me it just makes me feel left out well yeah (laughs) the last time I was in that circumstance I was in San Antonio with Holly Rowe and Ryan Rucco and we were calling a stars playoff game 
And we were staying at a hotel and there was a conference and the conference was for teenage, recovering teenage addicts. And I, I think of this because when we, we were all on really high floors. So we get to the, the hotel and one of these kids pulled the fire alarm. And so you couldn't use the elevators. And so Holly, Ryan and I coming from work, um, we're, Holly and I are in our heels. We're climbing however many flights of stairs to get up to our hotel room. So uh, anyway, it's better to be on the elevator with a bunch of people wearing lanyards than climbing the stairs with a bunch of people wearing their, their lanyards, at least in this case. And it's better to be tall on elevators when you're in a crowd of people as well. It's one, one without, time that's an, yes. an, an advantage. With, without question. Have you ever gotten on an elevator or been on an elevator and the elevator has stopped and the doors have opened and somebody famous has gotten on? Or are you usually that person who's getting on? And then you hear the kind of whispering or, um, you know, people looking in the mirrored elevator trying to act like they're not looking. No, I've never gotten on an elevator or had somebody famous get on that I remember. What people tend to do if they get on an elevator with me or even if I'm in an airport and they walk by me is the first thing people do is look at my feet because they want to see if I'm wearing heels. Because, of course, if a woman this tall goes by, they must be I must be wearing heels. I'm assuming that's why they look at my feet, because why else would they? But that's that's what happens more than anything. And do you ever take umbrage? And the person replies, Madam, I'm a podiatrist. <laughs> why would I take umbrage? Why are you looking at my feet? Yes, Madam, I'm a podiatrist. Or do they ever what? not? Or they were not looking at your feet, and, and you take umbrage and say, Hey, hey, my feet are down there. <laughs> No, I don't. Well, I have. I mean, I, it doesn't really count when you're at a sporting event because it's full of, you know, famous athletes. But I was beating the crowd. You know, when you're covering something at the World Series, you go, you, you leave your berth in the auxiliary press box early so that you can beat the exiting crowd. You leave so, your berth? Yeah. Okay. B-E-R-T-H. I would hope, yes. <laughs> anyway, and, and so I left in like this... Bottom of the seventh inning, the auxiliary press box at Yankee Stadium during game six of the 2003 World Series. Excuse me. The ice cream that I'm eating is, is uh, giving me issues here. This is a problem with ball and chain after dark. So I left, left the press box and got on the elevator to go down to the clubhouse area and, and just wait out the rest of the game. Watch the rest of the game on TV. Josh Beckett was throwing a, a 2 nothing shutout for the Marlins. And even though it was only a two-run lead... It just looked like the Yankees were, weren't going to come back. But of course, they had two more innings to do that. Got on the elevator, going down to the clubhouse. The elevator stops at the next level down. Doors open, and Yogi Berra gets on the elevator. And now there was a hush because I think the handful of us who were on the elevator all realized at the same time that Yogi was leaving. He had a top coat on, and this one was over before it's over. Because that's his one of his many famous It ain't sayings. over till it's over. Right. Well, this one was over in the seventh inning, and it turned out to be right. Didn't you also, was it an elevator that you were on, or uh, uh, your run-in with Adam Sandler after, uh, after you'd played some hoops with him in the afternoon? It was that day. The same day that you saw Yogi Berra? Yeah. Actually, that funny you say that, I played basketball. I was playing pickup basketball, just shooting around, actually, shooting hoops at the Reebok gym on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. That day, a guy walked into the gym. There's two of us in the gym, myself and my friend Tim Kirkchian, ESPN baseball personality, Tim Kirkchian, and all-around swell guy. And a third person walked into the gym, and it was Adam Sandler. 
You said, you guys want to play two-on-two if a fourth guy arrives? And we said, sure. So eventually a fourth guy arrived, and it was a 17-year-old kid, big kid, named Mike, who Adam Sandler Sandler Adam Sandler didn't know Mike. He just... He kept calling him Mikey. Now, and every time the ball would go to the other end of the court, because we're playing half-court two-on-two, but when it would roll to the other end of the gym, miles away, and I think the Liberty, you guys practice there sometimes, so you know what Mm -hmm. gym I'm talking about. He'd say, Mikey, you're 17. Go get it. And so he would go chase after it so it was adam and mikey versus you and kirchian yeah we played for a couple of hours and he was a nice guy who guarded who did you guard mikey because he was big and yeah but i mean it's two on two so you know i was drifting out and you know so um but um at some point we took a break and we all tried standing around palming basketballs and but that night then i was walking into yankee stadium through the press gate melting into the crowd to go up to the auxiliary press box when the crowd split by security goons and there walks through adam sandler with a with a bodyguard you know he's yankee stadium security guy and this is what era like 2003 okay so jeter you know all that stuff and i just walked up to him i was with my colleague steve canella and i said hey adam what's going on and he turned and he shook my hand and said you were awesome today and your buddy man he could really shoot and so we had a small brief exchange the crowd parted again. He went his way. I went my way. And, and as we're walking to the press box, uh, Canella said, how the hell do you know Adam Sandler? <laughs> and I said, oh, we go way back, meaning to three hours earlier when we had been playing pickup basketball. Right. So that afternoon, why? Just because somebody's security, why did they have to be a goon? Well, that's what I took from that story. In, in, in These the, are the kind of things that infuriate you. You'll tell a whole story about playing basketball with Adam Sandler, and my follow-up will be, why does a security person have to be a goon? Well, just as somebody who's drunk doesn't have to be a drunk, right? but happen to be, uh, a security person doesn't have to be a goon. This guy, in my recollection, was. At least uh, since I've told this story 27 times since 2003, he's become a goon, and he was probably a very nice guy. I'm sure he was. It, my first two years playing with the New York Liberty, 1997, 1998, we played, uh, we practiced at the Reebok Club, which was at 67th and Columbus. The The workout facility is still there, but I don't, it's not called the Reebok Club anymore. But, you know, we used to see Regis Philbin there, Dick Schapp would uh, be riding his recumbent bike. In the basketball court, there were there was one wall was all glass and on the other side of it was the workout equipment. So if you were on a treadmill or riding your bike or elliptical or whatever, you were watching us practice. One of my favorite interactions was, this is, you know, in the height of Seinfeld and Jerry Seinfeld would work out there and uh, Sue Wicks, a Long Island girl, one of the funniest teammates I ever played with. One time we were walking through kind of the lobby area where, where the restaurant was and Jerry Seinfeld was just sitting there reading something. And that same day, there was this big article on Sue in one of the local papers, and she had it. And she went over and put it down in front of Jerry Seinfeld and said, uh, this is some good reading right here or something. And the Reebok Club also, because it was on different levels, you'd take flights of stairs to get there, these carpeted stairs. And I just remember one time, the first time I think that you know, Jerry Seinfeld was coming down the stairs as we were going up or vice versa, and he went by, and, and Sue's head turned to the point where she fell down the stairs because she had... Uh, was watching him. Shaquille O'Neal used to come in and it was it was a cool place. You'd be trying to practice and focus and you'd look through the wall of glass and see X, Y, or Z famous person working out and uh, sometimes it, it took your attention away. <laughs> I used to uh, just go in the middle of the day to shoot hoops and uh, when it was empty and frequently the only other person in the gym would be the actor-comedian Richard Belzer 
bells <laughs> shooting hoops. <laughs> so perfect. But um, you mentioned Regis Philbin. You were traded from the New York Liberty to the Houston Comets. And the next morning, when it was in the papers, you and I were at the Reebok Club together. This sitting would have in, been 2002. Sitting and eating at a uh, table in the little cafe area there. And a guy came over to the table. A few people came over and, and said stuff. And But the one I remember is a guy came over and said, Lobo, we're going to miss you in New York. And he went on and on. It was, it was Reach. It was, and it wouldn't have been Lobo. It would have been El Lobo. Because whenever he saw me at the Reebok Club, he would yell in that distinctive voice and very loudly, El Lobo! And then I just look over and we'd like wave or something. But uh, that was always his greeting for me. He was very much uh, the Dayton Carvey impersonation of him. I'm out of control. <laughs> what a nice, nice guy. I, I, we, I would see him a lot at the Reebok Club. And he, uh, he was a big, uh, you know, sort of supporter of the Liberty. Not that he came to games, but he, was, he would talk us up. And, uh, and just always a very, very pleasant guy. And the first year that we were married, we had an apartment in New York. And it overlooked the garage of the ABC building yep. into which the, the car carrying that day's guests for Regis and Kelly at the time would would drive into that garage, and and but it would always stop for the same 35 people who were on the sidewalk there seeking autographs. They had eight by 10 glossies of whoever the guests were, and we would never know who the guests were, but we would try to guess by them sticking, the, when their arms stuck out to sign, you would sometimes see the 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 album the photo album open to that picture oh that's uh, so and so right. one time though it was out of control the number of people that the were largest there crowd by far the biggest that friends we had ever. ever seen and, and we were looking out the window trying to figure out who it was why why were so many autograph seekers there we assumed it had to be you know a huge A list well, star of the it, moment it was a huge star as far as I'm concerned right right of course but you know it, it we thought it was somebody that was on a, a hit show right at that moment and. And so we would go back over, you know, go away from the window and go to the TV and look to see who it was. And it was James Garner. And we were trying to figure out why so many people were there for James Garner because he's a big star, but it's not like he was a big star at that moment. He was Jim Rockford. And, and, and I would have leapt out the window to, uh, to have touched the hem of his, of his uh, leisure suit. Had he been uh, had he been wearing a leisure had he been, suit? Had he been in Jim full Jim Rockford uh, pomp? Well, but, uh, uh, and one time I can remember after we had watched uh, Ray Romano being interviewed, and then you know looking out the window and no, he, like, walked walking down walking yeah, down the street walking down saying, West Sixty Seventh Street, but not being surrounded no, but, by fans. No, no, but 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 this was the final. This was more than Ray Romano being interviewed. This was the the night that right. the final episode of Everybody Loves Raymond was airing, and he was going from TV show to TV show. To, but for his valedictory he, victory lap. He had gone out, he had walked out of a different entrance. He, he didn't leave by car. And we just saw him walking down the side street when, yeah, that night he was going to have huge ratings for the last episode but only, of only, Everybody uh, Loves but, Raymond. But in New York, people, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't, I mean, it's not that they don't care, they'll, but they'll say something to somebody, but it's not like they're going to follow the guy down the street. Well, that, um, unless it's a cool, tourist. One of the cool things living there is, don't you remember one time we were walking down Broadway and there was a guy who was 10 yards ahead of us. And he was a short guy, but he had these big jacked calves. And, and what made us like... He had at, a hat pulled. He had a hat tugged down. It was right. in front of the Beacon Theater. But this is was, this was what I was going to say. What made us look at him twice was the hat pulled down because he was 
trying to be inconspicuous. Whereas if he didn't have the hat pulled down, he would just look, look like a normal guy right. walking down the street of New York. But I don't know why I remember the calves. But when we when we saw who it was, it was Mel Gibson, yep. of all people. And this was before like all the craziness happened when he was pulled over. I mean, he was a pretty big star at this point. And, um, he's still, I mean, a very no, famous course. person. And he was, I, he was un... But he wasn't seen like, as a crazy person yet. He was just seen as a famous right. but, movie but star. He, but crazy or not crazy, he was Mel Gibson. And had he not had the hat on... He would have been unmistakably so obviously so in your face, Sidley Mel Gibson, that I can understand why he wore the hat. Now, somebody who's exceptionally tall, like Shaq, even even yourself as a woman walking down the street, people whether they know who you are or not are are going to you know take notice or something. And so I, I've got a kick out of still do walking through New York with you and the the phenomenon of seeing a celebrity with you. Because you give the the celebrity head nod, the the secret handshake, the um, right. the the, and, and I remember walking up Amsterdam and and passing MTV personality Sway. Do you remember right? that? It was right outside the Root store. Yeah, you gave the nod, and I remember also walking past Sidewalk Cafe on Columbus, and there unmistakably with with just this magnificent shiny beautiful uh, bald noggin noggin that that had been massaged with unguents and liniments and oils and 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 it was letterman band leader paul schaefer and he had like a some kind of funky sunglasses beverage in his hand funky sunglasses it was a weekend it was was a weekend and as we passed he gave a a fairly deep enough bow of his head gave the head of his magnificent and uh, and you returned you returned the the bow and i just think that's a funny phenomenon of the uh, the celebrity it is the, my absolute memory of that is the same as yours he had a spectacularly perfectly bald head like he didn't just it was magnificent he didn't just shave his head or have somebody shave it like you're right it seemed like somebody you know went to india just to bring back the essences and oils that you talk about to make his the top of his noggin just shine beautifully and it was really quite he had spectacular former major league umpire harry wendelstadt you know rubbing it with muds and and uh, explain to those never like mind. me no, who don't know this, this no. umpire was was he known for like no 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 all any all umpires rub down the the uh, baseball oh. with lena blackburn's rubbing mud and when i was a kid and i don't know our son found one of these somewhere uh, it must have been at the little league field when I was a kid, I thought it was the coolest thing when Major League umpires took out the paintbrush and cleaned off home plate. And um, it's a whisk. And I always wanted one. So is it really called a whisk? We have one. Yes, we no, have I one. No, I told you. That's why I said Thomas, oh, our oh, son, yes, found one. This is one of those uh, times where you her. just zoned this out. Is, this is ball and chain after dark, man. I'm usually asleep at this point. And, and maybe at this point. You're always asleep at this point. Well, I, I, a little earlier tonight, I was walking by the living room and I looked in and saw a glance of our youngest daughter's, the coveted Christmas present this year. The one thing, she asked Santa for it last year, but it was kind of late. She probably asked for it on Christmas Eve. This year, her coveted thing that she wanted from Santa was called a cook and learn set. It's a plastic kitchen. kitchen. She just for months said, I hope Santa brings the cook and learn set. I hope Santa brings the cook and learn set. So anyway. Because it was, a, it was in carpet bomb rotation advertising right. on, on Nick. Right. And Santa did indeed bring the cook and learn set. And 
probably because all of the children in the commercial are younger and smaller than our daughter, the cook and learn to scale also in real life is much smaller than it looked. But that's a good lesson and, because she's going to be very tall and all kitchens will be much smaller scale than, and right. she will have to be bending exactly. over to right. get to the... Uh, right, exactly. If I've done dishes for far too long at our house, my back is sore because this the sink and, and counters are not made for me. But anyway, so she she does not play with the cook and learn set very often. And, um, and I was just thinking how, you know, she saw it because it was always in the rotation of commercials. And um, when I was a kid and when you were kids, it was, you saw the items that you really coveted by getting catalogs. And for you, that was the Sears, what was Sears book called? The Sears Christmas catalog, the, the Christmas wish book. The Christmas wish book. And for me, the one we got was from JCPenney. It was just the JCPenney Christmas catalog. And I can remember, you know, looking through that and, and finding whatever it was that we really, really wanted. And um, one memory, one thing I can think of that I really wanted and got, I'm sure I asked Santa for it, was a ventriloquist doll. <laughs> Why I I wanted a ventriloquist doll, I have no idea, but it was Lester. That, that was always a big item in this year's Christmas catalog was the ventriloquist dummies. Charlie McCarthy this... and, and Lester of Willie Tyler and Lester. See, I didn't even know who Willie Tyler and Lester were. I, I just knew I wanted this ventriloquist doll and I got it. And I used it a little bit, but not very much. And sometimes now, and it's probably because you've <laughs> used this descriptive before, but if I work with really short males or if I'm doing something with a really short male that's what I think of is they could be my ventriloquist doll I could perch them on my knee and we could call the game together <laughs> then then you could pack them into a case and carry them to the yes, next venue exactly I, I I at some point in my career I need to work with a play-by-play guy whose name is Lester and who's tiny and who's who wears a bow tie and uh and plaid, you know, vest. And, and the trick uh, would be to, to see if he could talk while you were drinking a glass of water. <laughs> yes, that would uh, that would be one of the keys. So, uh, you know, what was what was the coveted item th- that you can think of that was in the Sears wish book? Well, I do remember there was something called, that I didn't get, uh, and this is circa nineteen eighty. I'm guessing there was a new product called the, and I didn't know you were going to ask this, but there was a new product called the Quiz Whiz. And it was basically a trivia, handheld electronic trivia game. This is when handheld electronics were starting to explode. Mattel football, you know, um, which I have the the sort of reissued one now, and it's phenomenal. I, I beat my brother in Mattel football once as a kid, and and he got so enraged when when the da 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 charge thing sounded after I scored a touchdown that he got up from the twin beds that we, we, we shared a bedroom and he punched a hole in the wall of our bedroom and then later covered it up with a, a Farrah Fawcett poster. And a, uh, you you probably won't remember this, but I think it might have been... The, but I, I didn't get the quiz was. It was an electronic trivia game that I was, I was disappointed not to have gotten on Christmas. When uh, You probably don't remember this, but I think it was the first night we met at the Dublin house. Somehow... Mattel. Oh, you had written about Mattel football. Not only had you made fun of the WNBA in one of your columns, but in another one, you had written about Mattel football. And and I brought it up to you because my brother had the Mattel football. And I remember as a kid playing it and, and loving it. And, and so they hadn't reissued it yet. No. And so the second time that I saw you, we met at another dive Irish bar that was the Emerald Inn that no longer is there. And it has moved. And, west, and but... we met so that because um, you had a Mattel football. This is this is how pathetic our relationship started, but I like it. 
like that was the guise of us meeting and we weren't even we, again we weren't dating at this point but we met out at a dive we were ostensibly bar. meeting to share a mattel electronic football and game. not only ostensibly that's exactly what our date was was we shared a beer and played electronic football and said but, but when, <laughs> when i mentioned that in sports illustrated they hadn't yet reissued the game so where did you get two it? people two people two separate people sent me their old vintage Mattel electronic footballs. I assume either off of eBay or they they had them around. So I mean, the pretty power amazing. of uh, Sports Illustrated in those days, right? In these days too, you know something that happened today. We were at a, our, one of our kids. We were at many basketball games today, but at one of them, they had a little snack stand set up outside, and they had uh, fruit by the foot. And two of our kids asked if they could get fruit by the foot. So I asked the woman behind the table, "I'd like two fruit by the foots." <laughs> and I realized that's not quite right. So I said, is it fruits by the foot? Fruit by the feet? Fruits by the feet. Is it like attorney's general or runs batted in? And you thought the woman selling the, the candy, the parent volunteer would be the one to ask. Well, I mean, I was just what, making what was, idle chit chat. It's was, like Ruth's Chris Steakhouse or, or Ruth's, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse or, or your, your construction, your famous construction. Everybody's do. And I stand by everybody's do, by the way. So what was the resolution? Is it fruit? I think it's fruits by the foot. Fruits by the foot, I think, yes. is what it would be. Attorneys general and fruits by the foot. I'd like to see more than one attorney general purchasing more than one fruit by the foot. And it would be pretty amazing. And saying, attorneys why? General. Because everybody's do. Four um, out of five attorneys general prefer fruits by the foot <laughs> when buying synthetic fruit by the yard. I like it. That should that should be it. You talk about you know we were at a few games today and I coached the game last night and um, I was a bit of a jerk at one point on the sideline. I'm embarrassed to admit it, but it's true. It was a heated game. It was close, a playoff game, and a player from the other team dies on the floor for the ball, and so does our kid. and And the girl on the other team has one hand on it while her coach yells for a timeout. So the ref gives her a timeout. And it's right in front of me, and I said to the ref, I said she didn't have possession. And he said, yes, she did. And so this is where the jerk in me came out. And I said, uh, I said, just so you know, the rule is you have to have possession to call timeout. And he gave me the death stare. And I realized like that was probably not the thing for me to say to the official. The rule is as if I know more than he does, which I think I do. But you know, that situation wasn't right. And of course, the rest of the game, I didn't. I and my team did not get a single call. And uh, it had no impact on the on the outcome of the game that we were going to lose to that team. It didn't it didn't really matter. But uh, but yes, youth coaches, if you're like me, just keep your mouth closed because then you don't get the benefit of the doubt the rest of the way. I don't know if we're going to even have time for viewer mail this week. We've only had a couple of days since we recorded our last podcast. Should we table that for another week or should we should we we have to at least get a little bit okay. of viewer mail. But before in. we do that, I, I want to mention that um, we talked in the last podcast. I had just been to Milwaukee. And I forgot to mention this. On the return from Milwaukee, I flew through Detroit. And when we landed in Detroit on a small plane, we taxied from one end of Detroit Airport, which is huge, to the opposite end of Detroit Airport. And it took about 20 minutes of taxiing at full speed. I've never taxied at full speed for that long that I can remember. And the reason I remember so well is my bladder was exploding for the entire taxiing. When we got to the gate that we were apparently assigned to, we did a U-turn, a sharp U-turn, and went back whence we came to the opposite side of the airport where we had originally landed and taxied to a gate there. But 
all the time I was thinking, this is 20 minutes of taxiing, I segued from to take my mind off having to use the bathroom. I It occurred to me that the 20 minutes of taxiing, taxiing is one of those great words with consecutive letters I, letter I's, letters I in it, right? Right. What other what other words have consecutive eyes in it? Skiing, radii, and Hawaii. I'm sure there are others. Cacti actually only has one, so don't don't send us a message saying cacti has two. Really, cacti is spelled with one. So that's what you're thinking as you're you're taxiing all throughout the through the Detroit airport. That's where your brain goes. Is how many other words have consecutive eyes. That's why your brain works differently from from almost everybody else's. Because I'm guessing most people. It was really just to take my mind off my bladder. Right. And okay. my bladder Fair off enough. my mind. <laughs> I, if, if we don't have a ton of time, I at least want to do this one viewer mail. Ilana brings up, because last week one of the questions was toilet paper, you know, over the top or the bottom when you replace the roll. And she said, there's no debating toilet paper positions if you have a bidet. And when I was pregnant and we were in Greece at the Olympics our hotel room we had a bidet and I used it multiple times a day because I was pregnant and my feet were a little bit swollen and we were walking all over the place and so I would wear flip-flops and when I would get back to the room my feet would be filthy and so I would use it multiple times a day as a foot washer <laughs> we... because I, I would I, you know I wouldn't shower that many times I just shower at night but when my feet were dirty or my ankles or whatever, the bidet became the foot washer. So, yes, I'm a fan of a bidet if for no other reason than to clean my feet. On our family vacation to California in 1977, our big family trip, we flew out to San Francisco, drove down the California coast in a rented wood panel station wagon. My sister barfed in the back. My dad cleaned it up with his paisley boxes, hurled them into the Pacific where they... I'm sure months later washed up on some South Pacific island and and perhaps Hawaii with two eyes. Perhaps Hawaii with two eyes. Perhaps somebody water skiing in Hawaii with four eyes. There you wearing the glasses with six eyes. Oh, yeah. I like it. Um, but but anyway, we stopped at a hotel somewhere on the California coast. It was a Best Western and at the end of an exhausting day for my of my for my dad driving, for my mom putting up with the f- five kids in the back of the station wagon, we checked into two rooms. And my little brother, John, who was five at the time, ran into the room and he and there was a like a water main break or perhaps uh, uh, Old Faithful had gone off in the room or something because he walked in and water was coming from the ceiling everywhere. And he had turned on the bidet and just, and just you know, looked at it in, in fascination like it was like it was Old Faithful. And my dad wasn't wasn't well pleased with that, I must say. I'm glad you were saying it at Best Western with a bidet when we were kids every summer. Our vacation would be to go and Cape, uh, go to Cape don't, Cod. Don't play the oh, Mr. Rockefeller staying in no, the no, best no, western. No, 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 okay. not at all, not at all. We would go to Cape Cod and we would camp. We'd we'd have tents when I was really little, and then um, then my parents got like a pop up camper. But twice in my youth, after fourth grade and after eighth grade, we camped at Disney World in Orlando. But to get there, we had to drive down, and it took a couple days to do that. And I just remember staying at hotels. And this one particular hotel where we stayed had the bed that if you put the quarters in, it would shake. And I never understood why our my parents wouldn't let us do that. Like my sister and I thought it was the coolest thing. This is, must have been when, after I was in fourth grade. Like, you know, when you're a kid, if a hotel has a pool, you, you know, you're in heaven. And for us, like there's nothing cooler or 
you know, this place must have been five star if you could put four quarters in the bed and, <laughs> and make it shake. So you had a bidet and we had the uh, the earthquake bed. So you gave your brother a quarter and he shook the bed yeah, for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> If he was smart he and resourceful, he would have offered that option. You know, I, this, is, this is interesting how the brain works. This is a recovered memory. When you said you stayed in tents, I thought it made me think that I haven't thought of this in the 40 years since it actually happened. I, I, honest to God. When I was a kid, I remember, I think it was Ted Nugent, had a concert tour that was called Intensity in 10 Cities. Ah. And, and I never forgot that. See, that's the thing. I mean, did you go to the concert or you no, just of course remember not. the name of no, it? No, no, of course not. Intensity in 10 cities. Intensity, not intent city. Right. Of which there which are sometimes that's what intent it'd be cities. Nowadays, yeah. Yeah. Intensity in 10 cities. So if we ever do a live ball and chain tour, even if it's one, just one, a one off, we're going to call it intensity in however many cities it is. Intensity. Well, it has in to one be city. 10 cities. Well, we're not going to do It'd 10. It would be better if it's intensity in. Two cities? Or it could be in two city. Right. In two cities. <laughs> or in one city, in one city. Anyway, I think you've said it all. It's late. I really do need to go to bed. Yeah, but yeah. I've got another West Coast game to watch, so uh, I'm in for the long haul. But yes, Tom, Dick, and Harry. Ooh, first, for our producer, Denny. Long-suffering producer. I mean, he's been suffering even before we knew him, but now he's even suffering more. Denny was, was upset that he couldn't be in basement last week because he had some dating app stories to tell us and since he's he's much more in the dating app demo um we'll have to hear those another day i'm eager to hear his young person's perspective on the dating app so we'll we'll, we will bring that up once again when uh, denny with one n is back in basement and 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 the viewer mail that we didn't get to this week because it it was a short week for us we can get to next time it's i think we should do at some point a viewer mail only podcast let it let uh let the viewers the, the viewers decide. take over yes the sports illustrated letters page when i was a kid was the 19th hole the readers take over so this could be either the readers or the viewers anything but the listeners but give us give them the viewer mail addresses again instagram is at ball and chain the twitter handle is at ball and chain pod and the gmail is that's your territory ball and chain pod at gmail.com so uh for denny the producer for steve the writer and rebecca and chance the rapper and cedric the entertainer and tom dick and harry the band play us out There's no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test And drowsiness and vigorous while we give for a little rest 
day by day, just keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.